Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the banana yellow game pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the N64 expansion pack. The Donkey Kong 64 bundle. It's more fun than a bunch of baboons with a bundle of bananas. World. We won't go in one direction or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. Change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. A.K.A. Yummy, that's me. Hope everyone is having a good week and or day and or weekend and or whenever. I appreciate you coming around to this episode and many others before it. So, uh, where are we going to start today, you might wonder. Because I've been I've been switching things up quite a bit, but... We're going back to more of an old school style, uh, <laughs> uh, Yemi Cast. I'm sorry, Fair 64. Man, Yemi Cast hasn't been around for a while. Uh, I guess the reason why Yemi Cast is on my mind is because I I recently did a, a Fubar Ferret episode where I talked about the death of that podcast and the start of this one. <laughs> uh, if you want to check that out, you know where to go. So I wanted to start this off by talking about. Um, Death's Door, which is a uh, new game that recently came out. It's like a top-down, um, I don't know what they call it. A, it's kind of like, I, I, you know, I, I would almost say it's it's almost like Hades, except it's not a rogue-like because you don't restart the entire game when you die. You just restart from, like, a, a checkpoint or the last door you open. So... It's kind of more like a top-down, Souls-ish type of game. Because when you die, you restart like the last bonfire, almost. You restart the last door that you opened. Um, and so that kind of, you know, you, and you open up like shortcuts to where you're at. So it does have a, a, it does have a, a few Souls-like... Um, how would you say it has a few of those mechanics in it, but it's not super brutal or or anything like that. Like I said, I, I, I the 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 game is more so like a Hades type game where you know you got story happening, you got characters that you're meeting, um, you have like this little hub area with all the different checkpoints to go into, and the combat does feel a lot like a Hades type game, uh, just you know like a top down type game. I've been playing it with a controller. I know a lot of people would recommend playing it with a mouse and keyboard. I wasn't, I wasn't digging that, so I chose the controller. And I've been, I, I felt, I feel a lot better using that. Now, let's just say that <laughs> I feel a lot better using it um, because when you're using the mouse, you have to, you know, just like with a joystick, you have to kind of, you know, aim where you want to aim the sword and 
With the joystick, it's a little bit easier because you're just kind of facing the way and you just, just swipe. With the mouse, it feels a little bit diff weird. I don't know. It's it's just me. It's my opinion, okay? Whatever. But yeah, I'm, it's hard to describe like the game itself because it is it does have like a Souls-like quality, but it also has like a rogue-like quality. And like I've been trying to find out what other people have been calling this game in terms of like genre and. You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty mixed across the board with what people are saying. Some people call it this, some people call it that. Um, you know, I guess we could just call it an action adventure, you know, RPG type game because there is still like leveling up in it. As you know, you collect enough souls from enemies you've slain and and you level up, so that kind of feels like a Souls game, you know. Um, and you meet like these characters inside the world who you can interact with, and through interacting with them, they'll move to different places or show up in the story later, kind of like in a Souls game, you know? Uh, and there's, like, a puzzle mechanic, and there's, like, various dungeons and rooms that you go into, kind of like Hades. So, yeah, I, I guess I guess action-adventure RPG is a good way to describe it because it's not, like, so brutally difficult that you're gonna, you know, lose your mind fighting these bosses or you're gonna, you know... Yeah, shout and scream because there's, you know, some enemies that you can't get past. Most of the stuff I've been able to get past, um, you know, obviously I do need to restart every so often, you know, especially like the first boss fight. I, I don't know what was with me, but I, I it took me like five tries. I don't know why it wasn't even that difficult. Honestly, I just just I was getting used to the game and and, uh, it, you know, I wasn't like fully I was trying to use the mouse and keyboard at that point, so I wasn't, like, moved over to the controller at that point. So I didn't feel as confident with it. But, um, yeah, so what's what's the main story of it? I should, I should probably start with this stuff. So you play as this uh, Reaper of Souls, and the Reapers are crows in this game. Ooh, I just burped. And essentially, what you gotta do is you... You know, you're trying to get a, a soul from a giant, uh, a giant soul, I guess you would say. And it's not like a giant, like, you know, you know, God of War giant. You know, they're just bigger and uh, dudes, <laughs> I guess you would say. Um, they, they give you, like, these big uh, orbs of, of souls. And, you know, the story is that each Reaper has to uh, get a soul every so often. And if they fail in doing that... Uh, they get, well, I guess, I guess, okay, so the, th the main thing is they go and reap the soul, right? They kill whoever and they get the soul, right? And once they get the soul, they can go back through the door and, you know, have some vacation and then they go back. The, 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 the main thing is when they're in the real world, when they're in the world of the doors, they age. So sometimes you'll happen across a skeleton of a crow and it's like, well, he was stuck here and the door wouldn't open you know, or something like that. And so the main thing that happens in this game is another crow steals your, uh, your, your, your repeat, your reaper, uh, soul, right? And in order for you to go back, uh, and, um, you know, stop aging, you need to collect that soul. You're still able to go through the doors, but you keep aging through the process. So the goal of the game is to, of course, get your soul back. Um, and that, of course, branches off in many different ways i i really i've been enjoying the story a lot i there's a lot of really interesting and fun characters there's a character who's kind of like that guy from dark souls um who is uh sigward is that his name sigward 
Uh, he he kind of has that same vibe, um, except instead of a helmet on his head that kind of looks like a pot, he actually has a pot for a head. And they call his character Pothead, which, <laughs> I mean, is he's not a he's not a Mary Joanna smoker, you know. Um, he just has a pot of soup on his head, and he can actually you can actually drink this. Well, I guess you don't drink the soup in the game, but. I don't want to go into like spoilers because this game is very fresh. It's uh, it came out like a week ago at this point, and the only reason why I even paid attention to it was because one of my favorite YouTubers was doing a another. He he does like I played ten Souls like games that you've never heard of type type videos. Iron Pineapple is his name, and he um he talked about this game for a short amount of time and. Just the looks of the game got me interested. Now, you know, I'm not a glutton for punishment usually. I mean, I've played through plenty of Souls games and done a lot of difficult things. But, you know, a lot of times I don't enjoy those difficult things as other people do. And this game gives you a good amount of challenge while also keeping it kind of light. So, like, there's, you know, there's some bosses in here who, you know, you might have to retry one or two times, maybe not even. Um, you know, there's some special things that you can do that you might want to go through the game again to maybe do a little bit better. There's, you know, enemy placements and enemy spawns that can, you know, can, can, can give you a hard time. You know, there's some dungeons that have rooms with some really tough enemies. And, uh, you know, for the most part, like I said, it's, it is kind of soulsy in a lot of ways, but it's also... You know, it's a, it's just it's an action adventure. I don't know what the I don't know what to call it. And it, like I said, it's not like brutal like you would you would guess from a game that has the monkier of a Souls game. So while even though I'll describe this as a Souls game from now on or an action adventure RPG from now on, um, just know that this is like this is a good game to maybe get you into the genre if you know if you're not like super you know, willing to go into it, the, it definitely is a good, it's it's kind of like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in that aspect where it's like, it kind of has similarities to the Souls genre, but it's not like completely in the genre, you know, but so far I'm really enjoying myself, I just got past the, um, the Frog King boss, and I'm going to be going into an area with a, with a giant monster, and one of my favorite characters that I've met so far is this guy who's being controlled by a squid, it's like a, he's like a dead sailor, and the squid is like controlling his body and, and making food and stuff like that for you, and he'll, he'll tell you like some, you know, like he'll, he'll be like, oh, there's a, you need to search in the hedges near the witch's castle and you can find a secret entrance, you know, he, he does stuff like that to help you find like collectibles and, and then there's like these giant soul orbs that are just kind of sitting around like the lost souls from Dark Souls 3. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's a, he's a really funny, he's a little, he's, he's, pretty, he's a pretty fun character and I like the way that people talk about him. Like there's this other guy that you meet who, is like there's something there's something off about him, and I don't want to give away the joke, but you know he he, he it, it kind of starts like that. I don't want to give things away because I I would like, you know you should definitely play this game if you're listening to this right now. I think that it's definitely a game that you should put on your list of games to play because it is, it's a very fun and stylized you know stylish game. I love the graphical quality in it. The graphics look amazing, like really fun, and and I like the character designs in the game. I like how the crow, like, he, you know, when he's standing, uh, listening to someone talk or whatever, he'll do, like, crow things, where, like, you know, bobbing, you know, bobbing the head back and forth and quick motions and stuff like that, 
And the weapons that you get in the game, you know, obviously I'm, I, I, I've been going through with the normal sword and whenever I try and switch to a different weapon, you know, I just, you know, is I don't, I don't give it the time to get used to it. So I just kind of stay with the weapon that I'm at. But there's a there's a there's a few different weapons in here. Uh, there's a giant hammer that does a little bit extra damage, but it's a little bit slower. There's like these short blades that do a lot of damage at, uh, in in quick succession, but um, it's very you know the damage is very low. There's there's a challenge you can do in this game where you play with the umbrella for the entire game, and the umbrella is a weapon that you find in in the um, in the hub area. And essentially it does like 0.5 damage and it's like not a great weapon, but there's a challenge on Steam to, and I'm sure in trophies in general, to play the entire game with this umbrella weapon. It's like, okay, <laughs> that seems like a bit of a hassle. I would like to try that. Uh, maybe I'll even do it on stream, you know. Um, but, you know, there are there is the leveling system, like I said, so you can increase the damage output. Now, for some weird reason... It doesn't tell you in the stats that your damage is going up, but you can tell when you level up, you know, the, the, a specific skill. You know, the one specifically says that you hit harder with weapons. And you can actually, you know, it, it takes two hits to kill this guy instead of three. You know, you can see that kind of stuff happening. But it's a very gradual change, um, and the the upgrades actually cost a good amount of souls. So, you know, I, I've, been, I've been kind of dumping souls into one specific category right now. And right now I'm at like a, a, a 1500 soul cap. And it's not like these enemies give you tons of souls. I mean, the little enemies will give you one. The bigger enemies will give you two to five. Uh, the bosses usually give you like a hundred. There's the orbs that you find that will also give you a hundred as well. Maybe the bosses give you more like 200 actually, I, I think. I guess I really haven't paid attention to that. Um... And so the other things you can upgrade, you know, besides from your damage is like your movement speed and your rolling, you know, speed and stuff like that. That's one that you, I, I, I recommend going into. There's one that lets you use your, um, equipables, uh, faster. So you have a bow that you draw back and shoot. You can have that go faster. You also have like this bomb ability where you throw a bomb. And then you also have like a fireball ability to shoot a fireball. Um, all those things will start going a little bit faster with that one. Um, there's another one that... Um, oh, there's one, there's four, so I talked about three. What's the, what's the fourth one? I kind of forget what that one is right now. Huh? I apologize. I'll, I'll have to update later. I don't know. I don't remember, ex I don't remember the fourth one. I'm, uh, <laughs> I apologize. I don't remember. But anyway, all of them kind of help in different ways, so it's not like two kind of seem to seem similar, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, spending your souls is... You know, it's a little bit more, you, you do it a little bit more tactically than you would maybe in like a, a regular Souls-like game, you know. If you're going for a specific build, you kind of know exactly what you want. But in this case, it's kind of like, well, everything's going to help me and it just depends on my play style. If I'm going to use my equipable items more, then I'll, you know, put put stuff into that. If I'm going to use, you know, this, this thing more than that thing, uh, you know, I should upgrade this. Um... So yeah, you know it, it uh, it's a pretty smooth thing. It's a, and the game's really not that long. I I, I think I'm I think I'm a f just a, like an hour or two away from the ending, honestly, depending on how well I play. Um, and I'm already about five and a half hours into the game, so it's not a super long game. And I think that a replay of this game would would be really fun too. Just you know going through it with maybe a different weapon, or you know just kind of knowing where things are, or trying to find the rest of the stuff on the map. 
Um, there's there's plenty of little secrets hidden around almost everywhere. You know, it's 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 a, it's one of those games that's like, you know, that the perspective plays a big role into it. So when you go over on this side of the of the map, you know, the the map will actually shift and and turn and show you what's there. So maybe there's like a a seed or a, or a, a soul orb. And um, it's a really cool little. Mo- it's a little, it's a very slight motion, but it does change the entire world. It actually is, is a pretty cool. It, it works pretty well. And that's another thing I forgot to mention. You refill your health with seeds in this game. You plant a seed in a pot, and you can. It's a one-time use until you die and respawn, or go through a door and come back. So it's almost like it's kind of like the Estus Flask in a way, but you only have one use per per flower. And there's sub, there's tons of flower pots everywhere, and there's also a lot of seeds as well. And one of the one of the actual one of the actual things to do in the game, there's a there's an achievement for planting every seed. So obviously, with a hundred seeds, there's a hundred pots hidden around um, these areas. So that's another cool thing to look out for as well. And like I said, it's a one-time use thing, and you have default four hits before you die. So um, you can upgrade that by finding four green shards from these statues, and then you can also upgrade how many times you can use, uh, your equipable before you have to, you know, smash a pot or destroy a, uh, a mushroom or break a crystal in order to refill that gauge, and that also takes four red crystals, which are hidden around. Um, so I have three green ones right now, and I have two red crystals right now. Um, I think once I unlock the next ability, which I think is the grappling hooker, it's it's some sort of grappling hook that I haven't gotten yet. I think that that's going to, um, I think I'm going to go back through and, and, and search a few of these other areas that, you know, had the hooks that, I, you know, you, obviously you can see that these hooks are going to do something, right? And so you're like, well, I should probably come back to this later on. Um, and, and I will, I, pr- I will definitely. Um, yeah, like, uh, just, um... I don't know what else to say right now. I, I found the design of the boss fights to be really good so far. There's this one very early on that's like this... It's almost like a building. And I was and I had a flashback to Final Fantasy VII Remake with the, with the Nightmare House or whatever it's called. Luckily, the fight was uh, a lot more fun <laughs> than that. Uh, the first boss fight is kind of a throwaway. I think most people are going to be like, eh, it's the easiest boss fight in the game. And it's like, duh, because it's the first boss fight, and it's really not that challenging, all things considered, even though I did have a little trouble myself. Um, the battle, the the third boss fight, I'm, see, I'm, I'm trying not to use, like, you know, this is what happens next, because I want people to play the game. So the third boss fight I did was was super cool. There was a lot of different variations of it, and of course, as you fight these bosses, they get a little bit you know they get they get harder as they go on. Uh, the the fourth boss fight was probably my favorite so far. It, it kind of had like a Crash Bandicoot quality where the guy would like break pieces of the bridge apart, and then one of the mechanics in the game is you hit something and it and it shows you hidden uh, pathways. So you would hit his uh, shiny amulet mallet. mallet and it would uh, refresh the stage, so he would destroy like six blocks, and you would, you he would leave, leave an opening for you to, to hit the uh, amulet, so that the blocks would refresh before his next attack wave. Which was, you know, it's a great idea. You know, it, it's a really fun and interesting idea. And the level design so far has been really cool as well. You know, they gradually introduce a new mechanic, and they have you kind of play around with it. And then in the next area, they add enemies, and they they make it a little bit more difficult, and it kind of goes on from there. 
it's a very smartly designed game, and I'm I'm just really really enjoying it right now. I don't really have anything negative to say about it at all. Um, I I can't even think of anything right now. I mean, I I think that this is going to be um, a game that uh, I I really enjoy this year. And as I I say almost every episode, if you are uh, planning on entering into the contest at the end of the year and see last year i didn't give this many hints you know what i'm saying like i definitely want to play this game more before confirming if it's going to be on the top 10 list but put a little asterisk by this one because this has definitely been something special and i i'm enjoying it so much so that you know i've been dumping hours into it at a time just kind of playing and and ignoring everything else going on and i lose track of time and it's just been a very, very fun game. I don't think any other game this year I would recommend more than this one right now. I mean, Resident Evil 8 is great, and, you know, I really enjoyed Ratchet and Clank, but not everyone has a PS5, and not everyone wants to play, you know, Resident Evil. But Death's Door is definitely a game that I think a lot of people would be able to get into pretty easily. And like I said, it's got it's just got enough challenge in there to make, you know, to keep, to keep it interesting. But it's not such a big challenge that it will, I don't think it'll it'll make people not like the game because of it. I think it'll just, you know, I think it'll give people um, a good experience. So if you want to check it out, Death's Door, it's like 20 bucks on Steam and all different consoles and stuff like that. It, it might come to Xbox Game Pass in the future. I have no clue. It's a Devolver digital game and they don't usually put their games on Xbox Game Pass. But, you know, Carry On was on there. So, you know, it, it's possible that the, this game will eventually appear on that but i'm telling you don't wait on this one i waited on hades and it was at the it was at the end of the year that i really started getting into it last year and i felt bad because it's like this game had been around for at least half the year in its final form at that point and it's like you know i i should have and i'm glad that i stepped up and, and bought this one right away i put it on my wish list and then I watched that guy, you know, that dude, that dude's video, and I was like, you know what, I, I shouldn't wait on this one. This one looks way too stylized and way too interesting for me to pass up right now. And I was correct in, in that. In that, I, I think it was a, a great idea. And, you know, stay tuned for an Umbrella-only playthrough of this game in the future on the Twitch channel. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's that. Hopefully I maybe sold it to you. I don't know. Um, if you're worried about spending money i guess uh, you know hold off on it but yeah i think anyone who likes these types of games is gonna is gonna have a, a fun time with it and any and even if you don't like you know the a more soulsy game it's this one's not soulsy enough to um to to really turn away people you know um i hope i've described it good enough it, it's more of an action rpg than anything else that's what i should say right now before i dig a hole for myself by over explaining things okay it's more of an action rpg and it's 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 really fun it's really good the music i forgot to mention the music i apologize i know this is going on for a little while but oh the music is so good in the game it's a little bit too loud so i turned it down but it is so good i i'm enjoying it and each area kind of has its own tune and there's some areas where the tune changes into another one um, it, it, the music is very, very well written in this game. So if you if you appreciate soundtracks for video games, this is definitely one that you might want to give a listen to. It's, it's very, very well composed. Um, and it definitely, uh, it definitely, um, it definitely makes my heart, I, it definitely gives me goosebumps and makes my heart go boom, 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 you know, 
it also adds a lot to the just the the overall atmosphere of the game and boss fights and stuff like that you know so yeah uh dust game uh give it a thumbs up i would recommend for sure Alright, so the next game that I want to talk about, uh, real quickly, because, you know, what 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 more is there to say? Uh, so Call of Duty Finest Hour, we finished that uh, this past week on, this, on Twitch. Um, this was a replay of a game that actually initially got me into first-person shooters, so I was really interested to go back and just kind of see either how aged it is, or, you know, if I still, if I still enjoy it as much as I did as I was a kid. Obviously, it's aged a lot in, in a lot of the, in a lot of ways. Um, it's definitely one of the, it's a very early Call of Duty game, so you can tell that there's a lot more passion put into it than some of the newer ones nowadays. I'm not trying to, like, shit on Call of Duty because it was, and probably still is, one of my favorite series in gaming because, you know, a lot of those games mean a lot to me. I don't know. I just, I really enjoy them. I mean, the series really started to go downhill. I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, Infinite Warfare and that much, but, I mean, I think it really started to go downhill at Black Ops 3, honestly, in my opinion. Um, it stopped feeling like something special and started to feel like something a little bit more cookie-cutter than usual. But that's just my opinion. Uh, but Finest Hour, I mean, there, there was a lot of um, thought put into this game, and they actually used, from the marketing material that we watched on stream, they actually used real stories from soldiers, uh, veterans, who fought during World War II, which is actually really crazy. And of course, there's a lot of um, there was a lot of inspiration taken from a, a, from movies as well. So I mean, you could definitely remember a part in Saving Private Ryan where the wall breaks and there's a bunch of German soldiers on the other side just like eating or something like that. That kind of happens in this game. Um, same thing. Like there's a few scenes lifted from Beyond Enemy Lines that you can definitely tell were were inspired by that movie as well. So, like I said, it, it does have, like, a nice little style to it, and this is, like, one of the only Call of Duty games that has this graphical style to it. I mean, it's not, like, super special in, 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 in a lot of ways, but the gun details look a lot better than a lot of, um, of the games that come after this. After this game, the next console version of Call of Duty, uh, that wasn't, like, Xbox 360, was, uh, Call of Duty Big Red One, and they used the same engine for Call of Duty 3, and I always say that the, you know, the Treyarch engine for Call of Duty was always worse than, than, like, Infinity Ward and the other, you know, Ravenclaw, I think it is, and it's still, that still resonates to this day, I mean, even though Cold War looks good, you know, like, you remember, like, Black Ops, it doesn't really graphically look that great, same thing with, like, Black Ops 2, you know, um, and, you know, uh, any other number of, you know, even World at War, you know, even though it's still a good game, like, the, I don't think the graphics look as good as, like, Modern Warfare or something like that, you know, and you can say the same thing for any of those, but not for Finest Hour. Finest Hour actually has a lot of detail on the weapons and stuff like that, and even though it looks a bit dated because it is a PS2 game and the draw distance is, is shit and, you know, it's a little bit too dark at a lot of different places, uh, I think the details on, on the guns and stuff like that are actually really good and the reload animations are actually really well done as well. And one of my biggest complaints about a lot of Call of Duty games is the sound that the guns make. This one has a pretty good sounding uh, list of guns. I mean, it's, it's all the staples of, of World War II and, you know, you get, you get a good mix of them as you go through the campaign. I think one of the most dated things about this game is just the level design. Uh, it, it, a lot of levels just kind of feel like they're repeated over and over again. There's, the, you know, to make the game more difficult, they'll just kind of spam enemies at you, or they'll have enemies th just throw tons of grenades. 
Um, and then there's also the the problem with the positioning of the machine gunners in the game. Um, the machine like machine guns are like a death sentence. If you go around a corner a little bit too fast and there's a machine gun there, you're looking at either half your health or just you're dead right on the spot. So you got to be careful when doing that stuff. And would I recommend you to go back and play this game? I don't know. It it it, it was okay, but there are some very frustrating moments. Um, early on, it's not too bad, but as you get through the British campaign, especially because two of the levels in the British campaign are like completely pitch black at night, and it's just very difficult to see anything. I thought it was my monitor being too dark, but when I look at the stream, it still looked the same. So, I, you know, there was really nothing I could do about it. I mean, I guess I could have lightened my own monitor, but there's no options like that inside the game itself. So these dark areas became pretty much unplayable. And I remember during the American campaign, uh, there was a section where you're underground and it was just like pitch black. I couldn't see anything. I Enemies were shooting me. And I didn't know that where they were. So I just kind of sprayed and prayed and ran forward and, and hoped I didn't run into a wall. And eventually I found some light that was able to guide me out of there. But... There were too many parts like that where I could barely see or I could only, you know, I, I could see very little. And that was starting to bug me, especially during the last mission when there's no checkpoints at all in the mission. And they expect you to go through, like, this dark area with holes in the ground. And if you fall in them, you die instantly. And it's like, okay. And that's another thing, too. There's only one checkpoint per level in every single level except for the final british mission and the final american mission those don't have any checkpoints okay <laughs> i think maybe the first russian mission but i don't remember exactly um but but there were there were uh, most of them had at least one checkpoint but there was there was a few that did not have any so it is a little brutal in that aspect and it can get a little frustrating, especially if you've gone through an entire 20-minute section of sniping enemies off of a bridge just for you to die by a stupid hole in the ground. That can get kind of annoying, let's be honest. Uh, so all in all, I mean, I was I was wavering between like a C or a D, and I think I ended up on a D. Because the game isn't, like, the, the, the stupid thing is the game isn't, like, terrible, but it's not a game that I would recommend and even though I have some nostalgia for it, I think that kind of gets washed away by this latest playthrough. It's not the greatest thing ever. Even though I appreciate it, and I'm glad that I played it when I was a kid, and I don't know how I made it through the game as a kid, but, you know, I'm glad that I replayed it and relived the memories, and I always thank it for getting me into the first-person shooter genre, because then after that, I played... Bah, 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 007 Nightfire, and that is still one of my favorite games ever, so, boom. Thank you, Call of Duty, for that at least. <laughs> <laughs> and then just to round out this section, uh, I played Ratchet & Clank Quest for Booty. The, f the interesting thing about this game is that it was a UK physical exclusive, but you could download it digitally from the PSN store if you're in a different country. So prices for this game are a bit high if you want a physical version, and it might not even work in your play at PS3 if you don't have a UK version. I don't know if there's different... Uh, versions for that but just to fyi but on the on the store it's like 20 bucks and i think that's a little bit too high for this game i mean they're selling ratchet and clank future into the nexus for ten dollars which is a full ratchet and clank experience and ratchet and clank quest for booty is twenty dollars and the game took us like two and a half hours to get through there wasn't much like in terms of like 
areas to explore. Like, there were different levels that you went to, and they were fine. They were fun. There were some really cool and interesting ideas in there. But for the most part, it just feels like Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction point, you know, point one or point two. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it feels like... You know how Uncharted Lost Legacy started as a DLC and it became its own kind of standalone game? That's what it kind of feels like for this game, except it's very stripped down. And you just kind of use the same weapons that you used from Tools of Destruction. So you have like a select like six or seven weapons that you've already used for an entire game. And you got to re-level them up. And there's no upgrading system, so you can't upgrade them. And there's no raritanium. There's, there's bolts galore, but you only use the bolts for paying the mercenary to give you things. And even then, there's no, like, side missions, there's no side quest. I mean, some of the areas are a little, you know, are, are at least explorable, but the main plot, the, uh, the main part of this game is, like, I wish there was a little bit more to it, you know? I think that's still a good-ish game, but I feel like they needed to, to jump more into the pirate theme of it, because the game's called Quest for Booty, and even though, yes, we are trying to find the greatest booty of them all, um the game doesn't feel like a pirate game. Like, I wish that Ratchet had, like, a cutlass. You know, instead of the shock baton, it has, like, a, a sword that's electrified instead of, like, just a futuristic shock baton. Instead of having the uh, combustor, you have, like, a pirate flintlock kind of gun that the pirate robots use. You know, instead of instead of the Predator missile, you have, like, a blunderbuss-type weapon that does, like, massive damage, but it only has one shot per, you know, per round or whatever. You know, it doesn't have a lot of shots in it. You know, or, you know, maybe instead of having the nanobites, maybe have, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, pirate-themed Mr. Zircons. I don't know, just something that that, that makes it more pirate-themed. Because even Ratchet, Ratchet's outfit is not pirate-themed, you know? And the whole game revolves around this pirate thing, you know, this pirate theme. And it's not really, th it's not, I mean, Ratchet is the one thing that's not pirate-themed. It's like, well, this is kind of weird. That's weird, you know? Uh, that's all I want. I just wanted. I just wanted Ratchet to be a pirate themed. That's it. <laughs> that's all I wanted. Uh, but the plot does actually influence the story. You know, it, it takes off right from Tools of Destruction, and you have to find this item to locate where Clank is being held because the Zambonis, the Zonies. I'm sorry, the Zonies uh, take them away from you, and that. And then this game leads into uh, Crack in Time which we already played on the channel. We played it first on accident. It was not my fault. I believe it was chosen by people. Uh, not pointing any fingers. So, yeah, I think this is like a small... It's like a good one-playthrough type game because there's not much else to do in the game, and if you want to go through it a second time, I mean, you're just... I mean, the the, the quote-unquote 100% of the game is just leveling up your weapons all the way because there's no gold bolts. The only collectible we found, you know, turned uh, turned one of the uh, turned the combustor into, like, an acid spewer instead of, like, fireballs or whatever. And I was like, that's cool. I wish there was more of this stuff around. I didn't find any more. And the levels are, are pretty linear. I mean, I don't mind the linear levels, but, you know, these levels just, just you know, it wasn't, like, as... It wasn't as... Uh, you know, inspired as I was wishing it, that I was wishing it was, um, and the the length of the game also doesn't justify the twenty dollar price tag for sure. I think that this should have been ten dollars, and into the next it should have been twenty. I don't care if it's the, the worst Rash and Clank game people say. I'm still gonna play it, and I'm gonna judge it for myself. Um, so yeah, you know, take that uh, with what you will. If you're looking into playing the Rash and Clank series, 
Of course, you can still download them all from P the PS3 store, and I would recommend doing that because getting physical copies is a, usually is a lot more money than just buying them digitally. And I know there's a lot of people who are very heavily still physical only. They'll only do physical games. It's like, well, you know, some of these things kind of make sense. You know, would you rather pay $100 for the Ratchet & Clank collection, or would you pay $20 on the PS3 store for a digital version that also gives you a free Ratchet & Clank avatar? I don't know. The right, I mean, it seems like a pretty easy decision to me. I don't know. So, yeah, that's Ratchet & Clank Quest for Booty. I uh, wish it could have been better. I, I put it at the C, C tier because even though it's not my favorite thing ever, I think it's still worth a playthrough at least if you're a Ratchet & Clank fan. And if you're playing through the series, of course. And, you know, it has some interesting things in there. There's a few puzzles in there that I enjoyed. Um, there was an entire section where you're trying to get inside this captain's uh, lair. And he had, like, these little mini games you played outside. And those were pretty fun. The one, My favorite one was mixing the different ales together to make the... You know, it was like Simon says, except you're mixing ale. There's another one where you did, like, a shadow puppet thing. And then there was another one where you played a song. Another Simon Says type thing, actually. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in terms of, like... Ratchet and Clank stuff, you know, it just uh, it just didn't uh, live up to the other games in my opinion. And obviously, because it's like a mini game, you know, it's like a small, smaller experience. It's probably not going to live up to any of the Ratchet and Clank games. But still, I would have liked to see more pirate theme stuff in there. And you know, even though I enjoyed the story, I just you know, I was really hoping for maybe a little bit more lengthy thing. Maybe maybe some pirate themed weapons in there. You know, I think the <laughs> I think the biggest thing I'm pissed about is there was no pirate themed weapons, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get over that. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the news for this past week. I hope you guys enjoyed the first segment there. I hope you played Death's Gambit. Death, Death's Door, not Gambit. Death's Gambit. Death's Door. Ah! <laughs> I'm going insane. Anywho, anyway, Stray. Uh, this is a game that was shown off during like the PS5 initial like demo thing. Um, remember, this is the game with the cat, and there were robots, and you were walking past them. They didn't really show much in terms of, like, gameplay or anything like that. They didn't really say much, but they did say that the game was called Stray, and that you would be playing as a cat. And they, actually, the, um, the uh, developers, Anna Pur Purina Interactive, they showed off a good amount of uh, snippets of gameplay for the game, and it looks really, really good. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge cat fan, you know, I, I had a bad experience with a cat back in the day, but I think that this game looks really cool, looks really, looks really neat. Um, they're definitely putting in a lot of effort into it with the visuals and stuff like that. Um, and they showed just, you know, through the game, you, you, you know, you start as like a, uh, I guess you would, I don't, I don't know. Do you start as like a kitten? I don't know. You, you start as a cat who's injured, I guess I would say. You can't really tell. And then throughout the game, you get like, uh, this little robot to help you. And now you can talk to other robots and, you know, there's a lot of really interesting elements, uh, in the game. It looks like there's an item things too that you can, you can store like an energy drink for times two speed. They showed off in there you know it's like, okay. Um, the environments look really good, and the music was pretty good, too, especially at the end when the guy started playing, like, this electro honky-tonk type th song. It was pretty cool. And they also showed that, yes, there is a threat in this game that you need to get around. There's, like, these bug things that try to attack you, and obviously there'll be a little bit of puzzle solving for that, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it's gonna have some interesting characters. You get some interesting gadgets in there. 
Um, and I'm really interested to see like what this whole universe is about, you know, because it looks really interesting. That's the main thing. And in a lot of games, they won't draw you in right away. But this game definitely like makes me go, hmm, that's actually a really interesting concept that I don't think we've ever seen before. Like, yeah, there was that like Tokyo Jungle game where you played as like vicious animals trying to survive and stuff in the wild. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't call that like a platform. I, I wouldn't even call that really like a good game, honestly, but this definitely looks like it's, it's, it's doing something different that we haven't really seen before. And we'll see how, you know, how good it is, of course, when the game is eventually released next year, uh, in, in early 2022, they said, um, it was originally supposed to release sometime in 2021, but obviously, you know, I, I think that it, it makes more sense to work on it a little bit more and, and fine-tune it a little bit. Because even in this little demo, you, you know, there's some things you can go, oh, well, that kind of looked weird, or maybe that wasn't, like, a very smooth transition or whatever. But I'm not super hypercritical of this because, you know, obviously this is an earlier build of the game. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm, I am interested in it a lot, so uh, keep, keep, an, keep an eye open for... For Stray coming in 2022, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty cool game. Maybe it's going to be a little chill, you know? It's going to have some chill vibes to it at times. But, um, yeah, who can, uh, you know, who who can't resist a, a nice-looking cat <laughs> running through a, a, a post-apocalyptic robotic society? <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of delays, uh, Horizon Forbidden West... Uh, it's not been officially delayed yet, but reports are coming out from people inside the company saying that it's probably not going to come out until 2022 at this point. I was, I mean, I was guessing that it wasn't going to come out until 2022 anyways. Sony has not confirmed it officially yet, so if they do confirm it within this next week, I'll let you guys know next week in the next episode. Uh, but for right now, we can only, we can, we can guess that the game has been delayed. Right now, they, they didn't even say a, a release date or a release window during that state of play, which, I mean, should have been a red flag to most people, and I think it was. Uh, so 2022 seems to be the new time, you know, that it's going to be coming out. People are speculating first quarter of 2022. Um, someone named Jason Shearer, who is uh, part of Bloomberg, uh, said that he's reporting the that Horizon Zero, or I'm sorry, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be in, delayed until the first quarter of 2022. So I do believe that he is a... Um, that he is a, a pretty good source for this types of stuff. Um, I don't think that, I mean, obviously delays aren't a bad thing at all. I don't think any, anyone who thinks that delays are a bad thing, don't they don't know video games. Uh, the longer you work on a game, the more likely that it's going to be a hit. Uh, just look at a bunch of different games that came out too early. I mean, you can, you can count them on your hands, your toes, your ears, your calculators, there's so many games that's like, if it just had another week, or it just had another month, or if it just had another year, it would have been so much better. Because now, most of those games are fixed, you know? I, maybe not Anthem, you know? Anthem is was was just, just dead on arrival. But games like No Man's Sky and even Cyberpunk are being fixed, and it's like, if they just had, like, another year, if they just had, like, another few months, maybe then the game wouldn't have been such a tr uh, dumpster fire from the day from day one. I'm not saying that Horizon Forbidden West is going to be a dumpster fire if it came out this year. I'm just saying that it helps immensely. Just a few months of extra work can really improve a game, and... 
boom, Horizon Forbidden West seems to be delayed until 2022 at this point. So we'll, uh, of course, I'll talk at you when um, you know when when more information comes out. Outer Wilds is getting a new expansion. Actually, I think this is the first expansion for the game. It's called Echoes of the Eye. And it's going to expand this indie hit in September. On September 28th, this new DLC is going to be coming out. Not much is really known about it, but because the game is more of like a story-driven ad- adventure... Um, oh, I burped again. <laughs> uh, the game is... De- uh, they're keeping like it on the down low on what the game is or what this DLC is going to be about. It seems to me like there's going to be like some sort of giant solar eclipse. So, you know, in the main game, I know this just by reading the article, every 20 minutes or so, time resets and you have to, you know, go back and do stuff. Um, it might be a similar thing, except, you know, the sun gets blocked and maybe that'll reset the day. Um, it, you know, they don't they don't really show too much about it. But like I said, it's going to be coming out the 28th of September. So if you want to check that out, make sure you do. I haven't gotten to play Outer Wilds yet. Did I say Outer Worlds before? It's Outer Wilds. I hope I didn't confuse anyone if I did say that. Last last episode, I also thought that I said PS2 instead of PS3, and I didn't. So re-listening to it, I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I don't know if I said Outer Worlds or Outer Wilds before. It's Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds expansion. Echo of the Eye. Solar Ash. Uh, if you don't recall, this is another game that was shown off during a state of play. I, I believe it was a state of play. Uh, or maybe it was a PlayStation event. I forget. It was it was a PlayStation event of some sort. Uh, this game is called Solar Ash. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be kind of like in the same vein as like uh, Gravity Rush. People are saying um, you play as like this skating uh, solar energy dude <laughs> or dudette, and you're you're just kind of skating around in an environment. It looks really cool. It looks really stylish. You know, stylish. Um, I think that it's going to be a pretty pretty interesting game. It actually has an, a release date now, so if you want to check this game out, it comes out on the 26th of October on both the PS4 and the PS5. Um, it just was released. Uh, that was just released, and there's like a new little gameplay trailer as well that I watched through. Um, like I said, it just it looks really stylized. It definitely has like a similar type of style to a few other games that we've seen before. Um, Creature in the Well, I think, is one of them, and there's also, like, Bastion and stuff like that. It kind of has that same, similar kind of, kind of look to it. Kind of, maybe, kind of, it kind of looks like Journey as well. You can, you could say, you could say that it kind of looks like Journey as well. So, yeah, if you want to check this out, uh, like I said, the new release, the confirmed release date is October 26th, and it's looking pretty cool. Kind of in the same vein of Solar Ash, uh, the people who developed the game Velocity is looking to uh, make a spiritual successor. Um, if you don't recall what Velocity is, it's, it's like a Metroidvania 2D runner with also bullet hell ship battling type t- type things going on. It's a it's a pretty interesting game. I remember being free on PlayStation Plus on, P- on the PlayStation 3 a while ago. And the uh, 2X version came out for uh, the newer platforms. And also, Velocity Ultra came up on the PS Vita as well. So, Thunderful and Future Lab... I'm sorry. Future Lab is working with Thunderful, uh, currently developing a stylish, high-intensity third-person combat game. Uh, James Marsden, who is the founder of the studio, uh, also said, Future Lab is celebrating the 18th birthday this year, and we've had a had the greatest gift of Thunderful signing our ambitious new IP. He says the game is a dream game. He's calling it a dream game. 
He also said that it, it sees our studio returning to sci-fi action, possessing the same DNA as Velocity, but with far more ambition, style, and contemporary relevance. If you don't recall, uh, 2X was released back in 2014. It got a lot of really positive reviews. I remember enjoying what I played, but I didn't get through it all the way. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty high intensity game. Um, it's it's very fast moving, lots of bright colors and stuff like that. Uh, so you know, if you want to check this out, like I said, uh, there'll probably be new uh, information coming in the future. But right now, we just know that they're working on a new game inspired by this old IP. Funny thing is, the last game that Future Lab worked on was Power Wash Simulator, which is quite a different game from Velocity. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Alright, so uh, here's another game that was revealed during the PlayStation PlayStation 5 event, um, Crimson Desert. And this game has actually been delayed, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Uh, the team behind it said that it's just taking a lot more work than they thought they were. it was going to take, obviously. There, were, there really wasn't a confirmed release date before, um, but now... Oh, actually, this game was revealed during the Game Awards. I apologize. I, I let me let me let me go back and re, you know re, restate that the game was shown off during the Game Awards 2020, uh, but it was coming to newer consoles like the Xbox and PS5. Now, uh, here's the statement from the Crimson Desert team. Since Crimson Desert's gameplay trailer revealed last year, the response we received from the community has been a huge source of encouragement for our team. We would like to thank you for the amazing support and enthusiasm you've shown for our reveal. We are currently hard at work developing Crimson Desert, which is rapidly evolving with, a new, with new adventures and exciting experiences. However, we have decided that we need to dedicate more time to adding new ideas for an even deeper, more enriching game. Therefore, in order to create the best possible experience, all the while ensuring the health and safety of everyone involved in delivering the game, we have decided to delay Crimson Desert's release. We will provide an updated schedule in the future. Thank you for the ongoing support. We wish you and your loved ones the best of health, and we'll keep... Uh, we'll and we'll keep working hard so that we can meet all of you soon in Piwell, which is, I guess, the location the game is based. People describe this game as being like a third-person Skyrim-type experience. Um, I guess that's what, it been, what the last game was. Like a, I think it was called Black Desert was the last game. I'm not sure. I'm not well-versed in this series. Um, but uh, I don't know if this is, quote-unquote, indefinitely. I mean, right now they just don't have a, a, a timetable, which I think is a better thing than telling people, oh, you know, instead of 2021, it's 2022, or instead of 2022, it's 2023, you know, instead of doing that type of thing, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, I, I don't know really much anything about this game, I rewatched the trailer just to kind of refresh my memory, it, it looks good, you know, it looks very stylized, it, it looks a little bit bare at this, at, in that reveal trailer, you know, it doesn't seem like there's too much going on, and it's hard to tell exactly, you know, if it's a co-op game, or if it's a solo game, or, you know, what exactly, you know, is going on in the game. Just we know that's it's a it's definitely a story driven type game. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we'll all you know, we're, I, I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to this one still, and I, I would rather have you know we don't know a release date than them just kind of being like, and this might be the release date, and then changing it later on. I mean, I, I think that I like that tactic a little bit better. But yeah, like I said, uh, I'll you know, it's fine, you know. Delays are fine. In this case, it might seem like the end of the road, but we obviously know it's not, especially with how the developer was talking about the game. So, you know, we'll get them all the time that they need. 
All right. You want to talk about fast cars, action cars, fun cars? Well, Rocket League has a new car coming out. The James Bond Ashton Martin DB5 is coming to Rocket League. You can purchase it for 1,100 credits, and according to the Rocket League website, more Bond vehicles will be arriving in the near future, which is probably in relation to the new movie that's going to be coming out, I think, this year. Or maybe next year. I don't remember exactly what they said. But anyway, uh, starting uh, July 29th. So it's already out. You can uh, get the James Bond car. Uh, you won't be able to um, customize it too much. They say this, They say it's restricted to how much you can customize it. Uh, you probably can only customize like the trail and maybe the, the little flag that sticks out of it. Other than that, you probably can't do much else to it. I think the same thing happened with a bunch of other cars as well, so don't worry about that. But, yeah, if you want to play the James Bond car in Rocket League, you can right now. And continuing that trend, Hot Wheels Unleashed showed off a bunch of licensed vehicles that are going to be in the game itself, along with a few more cars that were shown off during a, a recent trailer as well. And yes, this does make me even more hyped for the game. The DeLorean from Back to the Future. It actually looks like the Back to the Future version of the DeLorean is going to be in the game. Along with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Party Wagon, which is the van that they travel around in. Along with Kit from Knight Rider. Along with uh, the Batmobile. Hello. That is going to be in the game. And then also... Snoopy on top of his red doghouse as the Red Baron. It will be a playable vehicle in the game as well with more to be revealed along the way. So cool. It's so cool seeing them in action. Um, obviously, these are all based off of real Hot Wheels cars that have come out. And um, yeah, I mean, even in the trailer, it just looks so cool to see these you know, these, these really special cars driving around. Um, I, 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 this game is going to be so much nostalgia fuel for me because I played with Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars all the time, and it was just like really, really super fun. I think there's a few, maybe there's like, um, uh, some other cars that I don't recognize in there, I, I, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, right now there's 57 confirmed vehicles, uh, including these new ones that were just recently, um, so the Audi a R8 Spider. The Audi Sport Quattro, the 55 Chevy, the Copo Camaro, 71 El Camaro, uh, I'm sorry, El Camino, the 69 Dodge Charger Daytona, the Ram 1500 Rebel, the Fiat 500, the 32 Ford, 1956 Ford Truck, the 2018 Ford Mustang GT, a Humvee, Honda S2000, 2020 Coen Singjig Jetsco, and the Mini Cooper S Challenge are also have been confirmed for the game as well. Yes, I am excited about this game. Why do you ask? <laughs> All right, uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits has been delayed as well. This recently came out that Kenna was going to be delayed until, um, well, they just they pushed it back a few months. It was supposed to come out, I think, later this month. Um, it, oh, I'm sorry, next month. The 24th of August was originally going to be the date, but now it's been pushed back to the 21st of September. So here's the uh, the word from the, uh, the developer, Ember Lab. We have made a difficult decision to delay the release of Kenna until September 21st to polish the game across all platforms. The team has been working extremely hard, and we feel the extra time is crucial to ensure the best experience possible. We know many of you are eager to play, and we appreciate your patience as the team continues to work on delivering the best version of Kenna. Thank you for your amazing support. Short, sweet, to the point. They need extra time. Whatever. It's fine. 
<laughs> Anyone who's complaining about this, once again, you, you're stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh, hopefully, um, you know, when the game does come out, it's in a great condition. I'm excited for this game. And this is one of the games that was revealed during the PS5 reveal event. Okay, I remember that for sure. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on it in September. So just uh, because I talked about it last week and said I was going to confirm it if it was true, the PlayStation Plus games for August are for sure Hunters Arena Legends, Plant vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville, and Tennis World Tour 2. Uh, I've never played Tennis World Tour, and obviously Hunters Arena is a new Battle Royale game, so I'm really not interested in that. Uh, Battle for Neighborville is fun, but it's not as fun as Garden Warfare 2. That's all I gotta say about that. Uh, so if you wanna check those games out, they'll be available on the 3rd of August, right? Because it's the first Tuesday of every month. So the, th yeah, the 3rd of August. You'll be able to, uh, add them to your library and or download them. Sonic? Whoa, what are you doing inside this hospital? We're trying to do a heart transplant. Gotta go fast! That's right, Sonic is in Two Point Hospital now. They've added uh, Sonic costumes and also Sonic things that you can place around all for free. So you can use uh, Sonic co uh, costumes for Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy, as well as a few different objects you can place on the floor, including posters, rugs, rings, totem poles, pine... Uh, I'm sorry... Uh, trees, uh, 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 what are they called? Uh, not pine trees, um, 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 palm trees, <laughs> oh my gosh, palm trees, uh, the flowers from the game as well, the sunflowers from the game as well, and of course, there's a giant, not a giant, but a big statue of Sonic giving you the middle finger, well, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> but yeah, it's a cool little update, uh, which is available now for, um, Two Point Hospital, and yes, this is, in, in a way to, um, of course, uh, promote Sonic Colors Ultimate. So there you go. If you want to check those out, they're in there right now. Ori, uh, Ori and the Will of Wisps and Ori the Blind Forest are going to be getting a combo pack for the Switch. Two games in one for about $50. Uh, there's also going to be like a collector's edition as well, which is going to include both of the games separately, along with a variety of items, including a majestic stained glass art piece. And the pre-orders are live for that now for $150, which is um, a pretty, pretty expensive one. Now, I think this is kind of like the same, uh, uh, same collector's edition as Ori and the Will of the Wisps got. But it includes both of the games. It has like this really nice looking box, and then like I said, it's, it has like uh, this like stained glass type thing in there. It has both the games in there separate in separate boxes, so they're kind of style the the box art is styled to the games. There's like a a bunch of little postcards. Uh, there's a sketchbook featuring a rarely seen production art. Uh, there's going to be a collectible card set, a hard enamel glow in the dark pin, digital download cards. Um, for the soundtracks and the physical editions of both the games, including a reversible cover and a flora and fauna of Ori field guide. So I think this will definitely be worth it. I'm sure Shinobi Nando is going to be checking this out uh, because, I mean, he really enjoyed the Ori games. And I, I enjoyed them too, but I, I definitely, I don't think that I need to um, purchase another uh, you know, collectible thing for this, you know, um, but 
or I maybe not at all because I don't. I mean, I got them on Steam, so you know I'm fine. But anyway, uh, I I you know I think this is a good little collector's edition, and um, if you want to check it out, make sure you do. Like I said, the collector's edition, one hundred and fifty dollars. All right, uh, Skatebird is getting pushed back again. Uh, it's now going to be uh, launching on the Switch and other places in September instead of August. So it's another kind of Birds of Spirits type uh, delay. Um, so the uh, person, the founder of Glass Bottom, Megan Fox, said, This wasn't an easy decision, but Skatebird was always a game about doing your best, and we owe it to our backers, fans, and fellow bird enthusiasts to ship the game in its best state. As a small indie studio, completing certification on multiple platforms requires plenty of extra work. Launch on September 16th, 2021. Let's ramp up our efforts to ensure Skatebird comes to PC and consoles on the same day. The little announcement trailer was actually pretty funny. It was the bird doing like kickflips and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it lands on the keyboard and just messes everything up. Um, but yeah, once again, you know, if they have to do a little bit of extra work and it's going to take a little bit more time, I would rather both versions come out on the same day and be the same level of quality than, you know having one version come out and be the best quality and the other versions be bad quality, cough, cough, cyberpunk. <laughs> so there you go on that skatebird be delayed. EB Games in Canada is going to be rebranded to GameStop by the end of the year. Obviously, GameStop owns EB Games, and I don't know why they are a different name in the UK and Canada and other places. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a regional thing. I, I don't know the story behind that. But uh, so GameStop has announced that's going to rebrand every EB game store located in Canada by the end of 2021. And in a little press release, they said GameStop Corporation today announced that the company plans to rebrand EB games in Canada. By the end of this year, EB Games Canadian locations and online store will assume the GameStop brand and name. This decision follows our recent feedback from our valued customers and stockholders. So I'm wondering if the like this I'm wondering if people were like, well, it's too confusing to have GameStop and EB Games. And I remember for a while there was EB Games and GameStop here in America. Actually in Ohio here, there was an EB Games and a GameStop not like five minutes from each other. It was like literally just down the street. And I was like, why would I go to one or not the other? Why are there two different game stores and they're they're under the same like EB Games and GameStop have been like the same company for a little while now? I don't know. I remember EB Games not letting people under 18 sell games there unless they had a parent with them. I remember that very clearly because one day I rode my bike down and because EB Games was five minutes closer to my house, I went there instead and I couldn't sell my games. So I went over to GameStop instead, which was an extra five minutes. And I remember actually writing them uh, a letter complaining about that. I, I don't know if they still have that letter. Uh, it was written. It was written by a very young preteen um me but yeah <laughs> so now all eb games in canada are going to be gamestop now they didn't say anything about the uk so maybe next year they're going to plan on doing that but i'll let you guys know all right nintendo is shutting down dr mario world which is a mobile game um that has been around for a little while now on the 1st of november uh, dr mario world will be completely shut down so, uh, starting um, starting on the 10th of July, 2019, Diamond Sales, which is a premium currency, is no longer available. So that was two years ago now. Um, oh, maybe, though, I'm sorry. 
they the service began on July 10th, but now it's going to be ending on July 29th. So that means the diamond currency is officially gone now. Uh, and when the game server comes to an end, that means you will no longer be able to play the game. And the end of service notification will be there when you boot up the game if you play it after the 1st of November. Also, Nintendo is planning uh, on building a web page called Dr. Mario World Memories, which will allow player to look back at their game history and in a press release it said to enable the provision of the dr mario world memory service a portion of your player history will be saved to a server so it can be referenced in dr mario world memories if you would like to delete your player history please go to delete save data and app in the app and delete your saved data so this is kind of stupid to me um this what, what is this an online only game like why do they need the to, to completely shut down the game can't they just keep the game up and running without the online component no they gotta shut down the game completely i don't know look nintendo has done a lot of good things and they've also done a few bad things and i think their mobile game market is very predatory and it just it just it it you know they have all these microtransactions and these things you gotta buy with microtransactions and mario kart has you know the mobile game has like loot crates in it essentially and they're doing all these things that you wouldn't that that's like not typical for Nintendo. It's all on the mobile game market. And then when you look at their normal games, no, you know, there's none of that stuff. It's all higher quality. But I don't know why they feel like the mobile games need to be this like cash grab type game that they can shut down in a few years when people stop playing it. You know, it's just it doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I never played this game in the first place, so I don't care. But if you are a player who has played it. Make sure you register for the Dr. Mario World Memories website, whatever that's going to be. <laughs> Alright, so recently the Halo Infinite um, technical preview went live to a select amount of players. And even though it's been of a rocky road getting things going with the game, uh, once the game was up and running, people were really, really enjoying it. There's a lot of high praises coming from very popular people in the industry. Um, some matches were only against AI bots, uh, so users were able to feel the, you know, feel the guns and movement and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, hey, Halo is back. You know how they say football is back when preseason starts? Well, Halo is back. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, they, they love the feeling of the game. I believe a retro fellow played the game on live stream not too long ago, and he said his boner level was a 10 out of 10. So, yes, it's uh, it's probably going to be pretty interesting to see what's, what's going on. Um, they ran a poll on Twitter, and 58% of people said that it's amazing. 24% said it's good. Um, a few people said it was not sure how they felt. None of them said it was disappointing, and only 11% said they weren't enjoying it at all. Um, so I didn't get to play it myself, and I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to play it until the game officially launches later this year. Yeah, we still don't know if it's going to actually launch later this year. We just, you know, we're hoping that it does, but, you know, good news coming from that. If you're a fan of Halo and you've been kind of down in the series since 4, I think this might be the game that gets you back into Halo, huh? Halo's back, everyone. It's back, baby. <laughs> All right, here's four more games that are available on Xbox Game Pass starting from whenever you're listening to this. Lethal League Biz Blaze uh, on console, PC, and cloud. Omno, con uh, Omno, which is on console, PC, and cloud. Project Wingman, which is only on PC. And then The Ascent, which is also on console, PC, and cloud. I've been waiting to play The Ascent for a little bit. I'm definitely going to try that out. Um, this Omno game also looks kind of cool as well. So I'm definitely going to check those out as well. And then finally for today, 
Xbox has partnered with Krispy Kreme Donuts to create a new donut in their arsenal, the Nexus Level Donut. You'll be leveling up your gaming with a donut experience. <laughs> so yeah, this donut is going to be uh, releasing in at crispy at select Krispy Kreme locations, um, and it's going to be a limited edition donut to be available to purchase throughout August. And I don't know, but I think this is a UK only thing right now. Um, yeah, uh, so it's called the, the Nexus Level Donut. It's going to feature an irresistible light and fluffy dough with a rich and gooey brownie batter dipped in icing and decorated with the iconic Xbox Nexus design. Okay, so it's going to be available at select stores from August 2nd to 22nd in the UK. So it is officially only in the UK, which is kind of sad because this donut actually looks pretty good. And a brownie filling? Come on, man. But if you look at a picture of it, it shows like the Xbox logo on the top, which is kind of cool looking. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. Uh, if anyone is in the UK and they want to send me a donut through the mail. <laughs> um, so apparently they, uh, Krispy Kreme stores have given away 110 Series S consoles. And look at that. And they've given away, uh, uh, select services have given away a complimentary one-month Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership as well. And uh, Krispy Kreme's marketing manager, Rachel Chapman, said this about the promotion. Gaming and donuts have been two great ways for connecting people and bringing joy during the last year. Uh, it felt natural to bring the flavor and joy of games together in an, in an edible form. Our donuts are made fresh each day, all hand-decorated and checked, making each one very delicious. I don't know if gaming and donuts kind of walk hand-in-hand. Uh, I would say more so gaming and, like, I don't know, pizza, Doritos, snacks. I don't know. I don't. I, when I think of gaming foods, I don't think of donuts, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. What do you think? Callus, what do you think? Anyway... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferret64. I hope you I hope you learned something new. Um, I enjoy doing these podcasts, and I hope you enjoy listening to them as well. If you want to check out the latest episode of Film Freaks with a Z, which is the other podcast I do currently, uh, we talked about Coraline from 2009 in the last episode. And uh, if you want to check out anything else that I do, uh, whether it be on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, uh, anything like that, it's at YummyTheFerret or twitch.tv slash YummyTheFerret. And yeah, I appreciate you listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed, and I thank you for listening on whatever platform you are currently listening on. It does, I do, I do really appreciate that. It does make me happy to see numbers, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm YummyTheFerret, and this has been Ferret 64. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, week, uh, weekend, whatever you're doing, and I'll see you next, next episode. Bye.